You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Is it too late for Dylan Moore to make the all-star team? Yes. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley, underbelly, down on the docks on the other side of the track, speakeasy dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you were listening to on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting your podcast, or maybe you're checking this out on YouTube or our socials. Once again, thank you for liking, subscribing, and following. If you're just listening to this for your first time and you haven't done that, go ahead and do that. If not, all right, I get it. Just come back tomorrow. We'll have more stuff or later on in the week. Anyways, uh, we are down here live at Tacos and Tequila on Occidental following the Mariners and Tampa Bay Rays series that the Mariners, you know, just took two of three. Uh, Does that mean we're going to sweep under the rug what happened on um, Friday night? No, we are not. But we'll get to that in just one second. Uh, You're listening to this, you know, maybe uh, the day before 4th of July or over 4th of July. It's not a weekend. It's a weekday. But uh, we just want to salute the troops and uh, all the people overseas fighting for us and defending us and uh, just all those great Americans out there. We're saluting you. Uh, (laughs) Is that what you say for 4th of July? I don't know. Um, Anyways, with me, if you're watching on YouTube right now, we got the ninja, the stadium ninja, the fishing ninja. He's got a whole bunch of, he's a ninja of a lot of things. And we got Hanno up in Edmonds. Uh, What's going on, Hanno? Hey boys, how's the how's today going for you down there? How's Occidental? It it actually it was a little the party atmosphere or the pregame atmosphere and the postgame atmosphere was a little bit a little bit tame. It definitely it had the vibes of no excitement as you would expect. 
Um, but uh, inside the stadium, it was really, really electric today on Sunday. What do you think, Ninja? Well, I mean, biggest thing is they put put down the new blacktop out here. It looks really nice. It's, it's wonderful. It does. They have uh, repaved Occidental. Uh, they they put some definite finishing touches here for for the All Star break. The eyes of the Major League are here. So first things first, let's let's uh, let's clean up Occidental. Um, how yeah. was the uh, so what's going on? How was the broadcast uh, for today or the series, Hanno? Yeah, it was uh, really nice to see the Mariners come back uh, today in the uh, rubber match of the series. I mean, it was nice to see them finally, you know, come back and face some adversity and do something, you know, to uh, get back in the game. It's the first time all year I've seen them do this. So, yeah, great win for the Mariners. I bet it was exciting to be down there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, walked in a little bit late. We had some friends of ours from uh, college down in California. Uh, they happen to be Oakland A's fans. Actually, a mixture of Oakland A's and uh, San Francisco Giants fan. First time up here in Seattle watching the games. And, uh, you know, the stadium did not um, did not disappoint them. And But I will say when we were walking in about, what, second inning or third inning? <laughs> or by the time they got in there, it was six to one and sitting up in the bleachers in the 180 section, Brian in the sun. It, I, I definitely was back in that low point. And then, you know, they matched the raise with four runs that inning. We, yeah, I can't remember where we've seen this, this season, especially where, where the stakes are this high. Yeah. They haven't shown this at all this season. It's very reminiscent of last year. Um, with them being able to come back, I mean, especially after the first game of this series where, um, you know, Thames got off to a big lead and then uh, the Rays scored a bunch and you just knew they wouldn't come back. And that's the feeling I had earlier today when they were down. It's like, oh, this baby's over. I even, you know, texted you saying that this baby's over. So uh, something we haven't seen all year is some fight in these guys. So it was really yes. nice to see. It, w it was nice to see uh, Ninja. Yeah, I mean, they scored four. We came back, scored four more right on, you know, right after that. So it's nice to see. Uh, when was the last time that happened? When was the last uh, come behind, come from behind victory or more than three or four runs that we've had this year? It was, uh, yeah, nice to see. What, what was nice to see, I would say, there were some things that I wish I could have saw more of. That, Yes, the scoring seemed to be back and forth, hot and heavy there in the first three, four frames. And then it slowed down, and uh, we did not give up any more runs. Credit to Castillo, who did not have his best stuff. Uh, Mariners have an extended inning where they put up four runs after Tampa Bay does. Of course, we had the collision, which we'll get into that in one second. But it, I feel like it definitely gave him a chance to reset himself. And you know with any ace, any all-star pitcher, which, you know, Luis Castillo is officially, uh, you, you give them a second to snap out of it after they've been punched in the nose and, and you don't take them out and you don't, you don't, you know, I guess I'll use the word, you don't kill them right there. They're going to come back and, they're, and, you're, and you're going to... 
uh, you know, regret it. And the Mariners have been on the other side of that. We've seen this happen where the Mariners can get to an ace and they can't deliver that knockout blow. And then the other team, you know, picks him up and then they come back out there and they look like an ace the next couple innings. And that's what Luis Castillo looked like today. So, you know, credit to him and, of course, the uh, bullpen that, you know, was perfect the the rest of the way and you know you get you get the you get the home run from murphy you also saw a bases loaded situation that you're like oh man not another one of these again and you know the baseball gods were looking out for us and uh plunked the <laughs> caballero right there and you bring in seawald and you know muñoz had a, a bounce back from uh, what happened on Friday night and the bullpen and the Mariners pitching staff in, in general had a, had a bounce back late in this game. And so, you know, it definitely has that peaches and creams feel if you're, if you're just compartmentalizing this game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it was a tough game. I mean, Luis Castillo, like you mentioned, gave up that first inning home run uh, ball way inside on that. Uh, a Rosa arena. I mean, it wasn't even a strike. Most guys aren't able to be able to get the barrel that far inside and then keep it fair. So you got to tip your cap to him. But then, you know, as the game starts going along, you got a you got an error by Caballero, which actually France, in my opinion, should have came up with um, on the scoop. It was a short hop and, you know, help out your boy. And then, you know, later that inning, J.P. Crawford, uh, routine ground ball, came up, gathered, kind of dropped his arm, slot threw a tie where we couldn't get down in time. Uh, then, you know, same inning, uh, another ball hit to JP in the hole. It didn't score the run at the time, but you at least think he could have dove and stopped the ball from going in the outfield, especially after making an error. So you're looking at, oh, here, same old Mariners. You know, they can't play a clean game, let alone a clean inning. So that was frustrating. And then, you know, like you mentioned, Casillo uh, settled down. Gave you a great outing. The Mariners, you know, put a big inning up. So that unthinkable win from this Mariner club. I haven't seen anything like this all year. Very yeah. surprised and happy. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, and yesterday's win also was of the good variety. Getting out there, um, continuing to add on. We haven't seen a lot of that this year. That was another good game. Uh, we're working backwards because we want to, you know, we're, we're still going to reprimand them for what happened on Friday. We're getting to it. We're sticking with all the positive stuff. Game two, tell me a little bit about that. Pitching by George Kirby. Um, had a no, hadn't given up a hit for most of the game. Other than that two-run homer, or, you know, a base hit and then a two-run homer, he was fantastic, and the Mariners uh, hit the ball that game. So, uh, really nice to see. Uh, what else did you see from that game, Ninja, offensively, that was so successful for the Mariners? Yeah, we just continue to hit the ball. You know, add on, add on baseball. And, you know, we were up, like, by three runs or four runs, and then we just added those last two runs that we really needed. That's what we need to be, you know, keep doing is adding on. It'd be nice to have a lead and not have to come back. But no, I agree. I mean, we've been consistent. We haven't had any consistency. I mean, we've been consistently inconsistent this whole year. They haven't shown anything. They haven't been able to show any consistency on trying to build momentum throughout the season. And I mean, that goes back to my big thing this off season is they haven't capitalized on the year they had last year. So it's just, it's been a tough go, but uh, maybe this victory in this series is a, uh, is something that they can catapult them to uh, getting on a hot streak before the break. I mean, I'm, I've said this so much. I'll believe it when I see it. Absolutely. And as much as I want to get excited about man, the last two days of baseball, that are so that have been so enjoyable to watch you have a game that you can completely controlled and then today you had one of these comebacks that yes this feels like last year this feels like the love that we had this feels like summer of 2022 but we're still skeptical right i mean we're we are still skeptical and this whole week and up to up to this point has has proven that i i i know earlier in the year we've been like, this might've been the best wins. I have to say this. I know the latest is the greatest and the most important, but these are the most two many meaningful wins that the Mariners have had all season. Going back to the consistency thing, that's just baseball. We ended up blowing a series to Washington Nationals. We're the second worst team in baseball behind Oakland, arguably. And then we come back and we win a series against the second best team in baseball against the Rays. And there's a huge gap between those two. It is. And and that kind of falls into, like, God. who they are, right, Hannah? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree that is baseball. But also, watching the whole season, if we're looking at it in a holistic view, um, I wouldn't say it's just baseball. I'd say it's inconsistency. Yeah, we end up – we'll score, uh, what you know, the, the Yankees and Baltimore will – score 10 runs and blow them out and then not be able to hit the next game and then come home and not be able to hit against the nationals. And then all of a sudden we're, then we hit against the better pitchers against Tampa Bay. Like I don't understand that in baseball. Sometimes it's just how can you hit, how can you hit, not hit against certain pitchers, but then you, you do good against them. Got other guys. And on the skeptical side of things, 
what this homestand says, it it, it, it it labels you, it throws you back into that. It keeps you into that sandbox of like, or of that label of inconsistently consistent or consistently inconsistent. However the fuck you want to say it. it. It, yeah, you, you, you blow one game and you don't show up to the second game of, or the third game, I should say, the, the day after. And then it rolls into this, the game that we're, we're going to get into, and which is game one. Fully once, you can't get fooled again. Yeah. But we're going to take a breath first. And are you ready for this, Hannah? Or do you have one more thing to add about that before we get into... We're going to give the lickens. We're giving them some lickens for Friday night. Uh, we're, we're just going to acknowledge that that was rock bottom, right? We have to talk about it. Sounds good. Yeah. So, listen, the Mariners, they hit rock bottom Friday night. I, and I think that was a continuation, honestly, from what happened earlier in the week with Washington. It came off of disappointment. You add that to the disappointment of the Yankees' uh, Baltimore series. Uh, it was kind of a a couple of you know a good a good stretch of uh, not good baseball by the Mariners, and we have not seen a consistent good full week out of the Mariners. They got a good start. Friday, the um, after an off day, there was a report, which I'm sure you've heard and read, that there was a team meeting that went on for a very long time. Mariners come out after this team meeting, put four on the board, and you're kind of going like, all right. And then probably all the things that they talked about in the meeting came back and reared their ugly head. Lots of booze. I know I was talking to you, Hanno. I had just gotten into Seattle, and you are like, man, these you sent me the screenshot from Divish, what he was saying about the, the, the booze that were coming down. I had to go and watch the recorded uh, uh, version of that on Root Sports, which I feel like they truncated it. Uh, but, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty brutal. Where, what do you think about it, Hannah? And what do you think the, the lasting legacy of it is? right now and maybe for the rest of the season what happened on Friday night? Is it is it something that, God, you're happy it just fucking finally happened or, or are you still concerned about what happened? Well, the game that happened, you know, I mean, like you mentioned, the Mariners got off to a quick start. Uh, Tampa Bay came back. There was a kind of a play in that game that was very critical. A uh, big slow roller or chopper to Suarez at third. He comes charging, tries to make a play on it. You know, he's not able to pull the ball out of his glove carefully and it falls out and uh, the run scores. And, you know, from there, everything snowballed. Tampa Bay kept adding on. They kept crushing the ball. They kept taking the extra base. They kept stealing on you. All the things you look at and um, at a team and they're playing good, tough, aggressive baseball. And that's what you want to see out of a team. And the, the Tampa Bay Rays at that point, you know, buried you. They kept stealing on you. You weren't looking runners back. You weren't playing smart baseball. I mean, I give them a lot of credit to that. And then, you know, as you, the other part was I had never heard, from what I can remember, booze like that at T-Mobile Park in many years. 
And no, not since uh, Jose Altuve last year in the playoffs, or when the, or when the Astros come here, or when A Rod showed back up in town. That's what it felt like to me. I guess I should be more specific. I've never heard the Mariner crowd boo the Mariners, not opposing teams. They're no, booing I'm, the Mariners. You're right. Not show up. And I think it's. I mean, sure, some of it is probably directed at the players. Um, it could, there's a lot of things that can be directed at. It can be, uh, you know, it could be directed at ownership, the way they're playing. You know, the series before, like you mentioned, they lose to the one of the worst teams in baseball. The series. I think there's frustration of being a betrayal from what happened this offseason. All the all the positiveness that last year brought with making the playoffs with the ownership saying, yeah, this is going to be a stepping stone type thing. When we're ready to spend, we'll spend. I think it was just the frustration of a whole grand of things, and they let them have it. And like Scott said, we're passionate fans. Some fans might not like booing their own team or their players and that's fine too but i i don't think that it was necessarily directed at one specific thing i feel like it was definitely a cathartic thing i don't think it was an isolated you know uh situation to that game i feel like it was everything uh, we've seen the Mariners, we've seen them go bad in a game, but let's just say they went bad like this and got their asses kicked. Like for instance, last year, they got their asses beat by the Houston Astros to end a 14 game winning streak. There, there wasn't anything like that. So it was definitely not what happened right there. It's one of those accumulation you know, arguments with the fans and uh, the team. You know, I'd like to go back and see, like, when we were booing and who we were booing at. It was just, like, at the end of the inning when, like, we got our third out after giving up eight runs in the eighth or whatever it was. No, actually, they cheered then. <laughs> they did. So, like, who were we yes. booing at? Like, they gave the sarcastic like, outburst cheer. Specific, like, person, like, A.J. Pollock comes up and everyone just starts booing him. Like, or Colton Wong, or like the, somebody that deserves it, you know, or yeah, I don't know. The, there there the, was not one person, I think that was no, there wasn't one person, it was just they people started booing out of you know the situation. The situation, I mean, they scored two straight touchdowns without giving it without scoring anything themselves, they have a right to boo and an and a two point conversion. Yeah, sorry, I, I agree that you have a reason to. Boo. I don't feel like people weren't booing Munoz because he got rocked. They weren't mo- they weren't booing. So when the- did they start booing? Like what was the the thing the the, the set it off? You know, was the I'd have to go back and look, but I think it was about after the I think about run nine and ten. Once the they got up uh, to about nine or ten, that's when people started. So about like six, about five to six runs in it, and uh, I. I was listening to the radio broadcast because I had just gotten into town and Hannah was watching the um, the TV broadcast. And I feel like, because I've listened to, like I said, the radio broadcast and I, and I watched the TV broadcast, I felt like the radio, which it usually is, was a little bit more brutally honest. I thought Goldie and Gary Hill Jr. definitely weren't as kind as Dave Sims, but then I listened to Dave Sims. He goes, wow. And you can, you can hear the booze. The booze are raining down 
<laughs> you know, he had to call it out. And I mean, just like the announcers will, you know, in those moments of glory, just be quiet. You know, uh, they were being very quiet on the radio and in the broadcast. And definitely, I feel like that's a safe way for the announcers to kind of go, yeah, we agree with you, you know. I mean, yeah, it, it, I don't think it was directed at any specific player. Um, the the like, I mean, like I mentioned, the the Rays were pissing on the ball all over the yard, and when they weren't doing that, they were taking the extra base. They were stealing all over them. Um, maybe they were booing at the fact that the Mariners hadn't gotten a hit since early on in the game. I think they only had one hit throughout had- the rest of that game. They had one hit after they scored four runs in the second inning. That's correct. They had one hit. And, in fact, they didn't score another run until the next game in the second inning. So they they went silent for a whole other game. But we're, we don't need to dive into that more than we already have. But, yeah, I, I think it was a cathartic moment. Yeah, are we, we going to start booing more at the games now? That's a good question. <laughs> I, mean, see, like, I guess if you're taking it off of that – that scale, it works, you know, and we, we're good friends with some Yankees fans. Mm-hmm. We know some Philly people. We know we know fans from other places, and booing is part of the culture. I know. Like, Colton Wong comes up to the plate, and everyone just starts booing him. That'd be kind of a first for, like, the Mariners and T-Mobile. I, I don't see that happening. I just think, you know, that it was just, a, like I said, a combination of a lot of things and frustration and the way things have gone and, you know uh, – it's not in the Seattle Mariners fan base style oh, either. Is. And that's why it was so surprising. But I mean, you know, like I said, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. I feel like the Mariners fans have had a, here's how they tell you they don't approve of something. They just don't show up. You know, we don't have the rich history like the New York Yankees where you're like, well, we're still going to go and we're just going to lay into them. That's just not, you're right. That's not how the Mariners fan base is. Uh, I think it's a more of a passive aggressive uh, take that they've they've used over the years, and maybe now that we're back in the playoffs, and now you got uh, you got a taste of it, and yeah, yeah I, that's why I feel like the the booze weren't directed at the you know the guys in between the lines. Um, yeah, players are not doing what they're supposed to do, so maybe some of it was. But, oh yeah, I think some was yeah, I, for sure. Yeah, there there was definitely some some effort booze there, but I think that we're just gonna carry on and carry on. You get mad at what you see at the field, and when that doesn't end for you, you start laying in and keeping it going from what the organization was gonna do. Right. There's just so many variables, Myron. And Ninja, and like I said, with those other things, there's the players, there's the front office, there's the frustration of years of incompetence by ownership. There's just so many things that people think about with this team and are frustrated by it that they just had enough. And people don't have the patience, especially after they were told, hey, we're going to be going for it. You know, back, we're going to tear this thing down on the rebuild. Then we're going to build it back up. And once we have our core young guys together, we're going to go for it. And this offseason was a big offseason in a lot of people's minds because we made the playoffs. We haven't spent money on free agents. Um, and it was a great free agent class. And, 
you know, we did not do anything in free agency. We signed one guy for seven million and and uh, AJ Pollock. We got uh, Listella for I don't know league minimum or whatever. It doesn't matter. But there's just so much frustration all around. It's just not one thing. Oh, don't even get me started. So it's well, a bigger conversation. So we so let's end it here, right? Let's say we'll table it. Listen, like yeah. we said, it's it's a relationship with the Mariners. Hi, this is Tom Pachorka, the Seattle Mariners, inviting everybody to come on out to the Kingdom on August 23rd for Mariners Funny Nose Glasses Night. Uh, Be the first in your neighborhood Tom, to have... Tom, I'm sorry. August 23rd is not Funny Nose Glasses Night. It's Jacket Night, Tom. Jacket Night. Yes, every jacket. kid 14 and under gets an official Mariners vinyl jacket free, Tom. Jacket, no nose. No Funny Nose no Glasses, nose. no. I'm sorry. Hmm. What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem, Tom. Here's the, the Jerry Springer, you know, bring it all in moment, I guess, is, yes, yeah, so is the Mariners relationship, a Mariners fan base relationship, and what has happened and what their, the potential and the easy, it feels like easy potential, easy answers to do. Uh, we disagree with them. And it all just came to a head last night. It was or Friday night, I should say. All came to a head on Friday night um, where we had to look in the mirror as fans and go, man, we might be sellers. We're not, we might not have what we thought was happening. It's a, was the moment of, hey, it's not just a continuation. It's a different season. It happened. Was was it apropos that it came after a meeting? Because maybe if that meeting happens and they go out and they kick they kick some ass, okay, everything's fixed. Well, it wasn't. They had the meeting. Uh, from what I've heard, the players were low energy, not talking to the the press. Uh, pre-game, you know, luckily they had a game that was, you know, a day game, or midday game the next day. They play a great game. They today come back when they got buried right off the bat against, you know, the American League's best team. Uh, two great, meaningful games. And maybe this is the, the moment, just like last year where we were 10 games down. This year, you can't afford to be 10 games down because the, the league is twice as better. So maybe uh, five games out in the wild card against most of the teams that you don't have a tiebreaker. Maybe that was the low point to get these guys going and now you got two wins and you're headed into, you know, uh, you're headed down to San Francisco and then you're headed into, which has been a house of horrors for four games, not just a three game, a four game set against the Astros who for the better half of the decade have been just pounding the Mariners. So maybe the low point, happening i'm just trying to be optimistic happened at the right time i mean they're gonna have to go through a hot hot streak right here to convince me that they are buyers i want them to do that and i want them to be buyers but they yeah they definitely need to make some some changes especially offensively especially depth wise for this team to go on hannah what, what do you got to say before we head on in to the uh fourth of july holiday uh week yeah, though, the only thing would be is, like you mentioned, hopefully this is a jumping off point for the Mariners. Um, you know, finish off strong. I want you to 
finished the, the first half strong and and get something going. I mean, they're going into San Francisco. San Francisco is playing on the ESPN late night game, Sunday night game in New York. So you're going to have an advantage there of only having to fly a couple hours down the coast where they're going to have to go five hours across country after finishing the game at eight o'clock or at night or let's see, excuse me, excuse me. It'll be 10 o'clock at night back there. And then you got to fly across country and play the Mariners tomorrow. So if it's a game that you should pick up on the first game, you would hope that's the game you can get and start the series off. Right. Ninja. Oh, we just need to start winning games. You know, at this point, it doesn't matter where <laughs> it is or who we're playing against. Just one game at a time, one win at a time, put it together. You know, so at some point we're going to have to go on some crazy streak where we're winning at yeah, 10 plus games. Out of, you know, a couple of them, really. We're, we're going to have to end up the season about 15 games over 500. And yep. so we're a game under, two games under 500 right now. So we're going to have to, you know, so you put that together if you're into the record. Yep. Uh, well, we're wrapping it up. They're closing up here at Tacos and Tequila. We're going to be back down here all All-Star Week. They're fixing up the place. We just already saw the Fanatics trucks roll down Occidental. All the gear is showing up. People have all of the uh, flyers and banners all over the place. It's going to be exciting. Um, man, uh, yeah, let's just hope the Mariners can finish this week out strong. And uh, look, look, it's the second half. It's the second half. We're 1-0 in the second half. We got to put this, this first half behind us, and they're giving us the wrap-up sign here. Hopefully Tom Murphy keeps it up. Yeah, and Tom Murphy. Yeah. Sorry, we'll have to, we'll have to I hope that. so too. He'll be great to trade bait. It'd be great yeah. if he keeps it up. Yeah. <laughs> and what's Shelly at Murphy's gonna do with that jersey, Hanno? Give it to Christian. There you go. There you go. Um, anyways, thank you for liking, subscribing, following the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. Again, we'll be down here at Tacos and Tequila for the entire All-Star Week. So come check us out. Say hi. We got some swag. We got some giveaway crap. Come check us out. Uh, and uh, with that being said, Hannah. Whoa. Was that the first half of the Mariners right there? Just fell downstairs. Uh, just fell down the stairs. Uh, no, I thought we were wrapping it. Let's go. You know, you know what time it is. Oh, yeah. Charge. <laughs>